welcome to the Science and Beers podcast with me, Michael McGee. Talking science and drinking beers with researchers down at the pub. So join us with a brew and let's cheers to science. I watched the Danish movie Drunk, or Druk, recently. In English it's called Another Round. And it won the the Oscar for Best International Feature Film just about a week ago. It's directed by Thomas Vitterberg and starring Mass Mikkelsen. So I'd very much recommend the movie. And if you have not watched the movie, this podcast will contain a lot of spoilers. Because we're going to be really getting into the storyline from the next sentence onwards. So basically the theme is four 40-year-old teachers feel that life is a little bit too boring and they're a little bit too dull and even their students are complaining about this. So they they decide to, uh, well, first of all, based on the uh, a Norwegian psychiatrist, Finn Skodrul, said that the human body was born with uh, <laughs> missing about 0.05% alcohol in the blood. They, they, they had a theory that, that maintaining a, a little bit of alcohol in the blood throughout the day would increase their, their lust for life. So they set about doing it, and they set about doing it in a, in a scientific way. They wanted to record the results so they could publish it in a paper. So naturally, being the host of the Science and Beers podcast, I thought this movie was right up my alley <laughs> but then it got me thinking what would happen to the human body in both short and long term if you maintained an alcohol blood concentration of 0.05% and I actually called up a, a scientist who specialises in this area and he gave me this answer we know that everybody if they're a little stressed, a little tense. If they get a little bit of alcohol, then they are basically more nice. They are less shy. So what it does, it removes a little bit of the breaks in the brain, and it starts with the front of the brain. And the front of the brain is what controls the rest and so all of our spontaneity, etc. So I think in the short run, it's just like what we pursue when we drink alcohol. We want to enjoy that we get uh, a little bit drunk. Yeah. Then I think what happens in the long run is actually just like when we do some different types of drugs, is actually let the drug get accustomed to it. So so alcohol is kind of a nutrient. It's it's metabolized, it metabolized faster. And then what you will discover is just like the same thing as these four high school teachers experienced. They want more. Sooner or later, you know, half a promil is good, but if half is good, why not a whole one? You know, uh, we always want more, and the effect is sort of wearing off when you want more. So that's why we have these uh, millions of people who actually, uh, they, they end up becoming dependent. Of course, of course, we are different. And then you have many different effects of, 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 of long-term alcohol uh, that, are, uh, that are really bad. Uh, so I can unfold them if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, so you're saying that if, if we tried to maintain, as what happened in the movie, the, the body would process the alcohol faster and therefore you'd lose these, these effects. 
Yes. So, you know, also when you drink, have you noticed those of us who are sober once in a while, when you drink the first drink, so <laughs> when I get home tomorrow night, I will, I will probably drink something because, you know, it's, it's Friday, it's a holiday. And then the, the biggest change you actually experience is from zero to just a little bit because that's where the brain is. So that comes very, very fast. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these things will change if, if you get accustomed to it. So many of those who are alcohol dependent, they, are, they actually have a certain promille uh, to, to just operate. Because if it get lower, then they get uh, withdrawal symptoms. So actually, we want it's just like with the, the, the drugs, you know, when, when people do cocaine, etc. It's actually the change we like, that's the rush, the change from doing a little bit, from being sober, and then have the, the, the effect. You are listening to Dr. Alexander Craig. Dr. Alexander is a an expert in liver fibrosis and chronic alcoholic liver disease. So if there's anybody that's going to be able to answer these questions, it is Alexander. Alexander is professor and senior consultant of hepatology and director of the Onze Liver Research Centre at the University of Southern Denmark and the Onze University Hospital. Alexander has recently joined the Danish Institute for Advanced Study as a chair of health science. And, and it, the more you use a, the, a drug, alcohol being one of them, the, the harder it is to, to get that. Yes, but the beneficial effect is changing. Uh, and that's why people then, they, they tend to drink uh, yeah, more and more. And that's exactly what we see in the movie. And you also see the way it unfolds that we have these four super charming high school teachers, some of the best uh, actors, I think, not only in Denmark, some of them really world-class and, and so that's why this film is so fascinating, because alcohol is sort of also a, a thing that makes us social. You know, they, everybody are happy when they're a little bit drunk. They don't mind hugging each other. They forget all the bad things in life. And that, that's why we, 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 we uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's a part of the Danish national spirit. And now you're also from a country where they like to drink a lot there in Ireland and the same in the neighboring in okay. Scotland and England. So it, it's, um, so the downside, now I'm a doctor and uh, yeah, cheers. Here's <laughs> <laughs> actually that, that, that it, it, it's, um, yeah, no, let's take the good side. So that's why in anything we do, you can hardly be together two days without offering the other one a beer. And even though, you know, when you have people baptizing or you go to a funeral, you need a beer or alcohol every time. You bring your car if you don't want to drink. That's the only legal excuse, I guess. In, in Ireland, yes, we, we like to go out for a couple of pints maybe after work. It could be on a Wednesday. We have a few more drinks in the weekend, but, uh, but we have a reputation for drinking a lot. But from my observations, the Danes are, are really outpacing the, the Irish there. One thing that really surprised me, I've been invited to do a lot of, say, garden work in Denmark. Uh, or helping a friend out to, to move, you know, and the first thing you're offered at 10 o'clock in the morning is, 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 a, is a beer, which yeah, means yeah. At, at, 10, at 12 o'clock, I'm completely exhausted. I'm all worked out. <laughs> I can't do any more lifting. <laughs> you know? So it's a, it's a social thing. So it's, it's unbelievable. You know, 6% of the population is, is actually dying from, from, uh, from the consequences of alcohol. Uh, so that's really serious. It's 6%? 3, Six percent. So it, it it's one of the main drivers of, of mortality in our country and also across the world. And you know that three thousand people, three thousand Danes, they die every year due to alcohol. Wow. So imagine that this is not something that is coming. This is some self-inflicted. Actually, basically, this is something you could avoid one hundred percent. Imagine. So just to put it in perspective, we would think that 
things like breast cancer is, is a problem, it certainly is. But you know, in Denmark, uh, maybe we have three times as many people dying from alcohol-related diseases than from breast cancers. It's, it's estimated that 10 to 12 percent of all cancers actually uh, could have been avoided uh, if we, we didn't drink. So the health consequences of having all this fun and all for all those who cannot really control is a huge. Uh, that's why we, we we worry and we try to. Or it's it's an ongoing debate how strict should we do be. So Denmark is basically very liberal. You know, you can buy alcohol from your 16. In many other countries, you need to be uh, 18. We have no restrictions on alcohol uh, uh, advertising. We have no restriction on alcohol availability. Meaning that, that that there's also this uh, world uh, European record that that the young people in in Denmark are the the, the young people in, in in Europe and probably in the world who drink most. And this is kind of worrisome for young people with with actually brains that are not fully developed. And yeah. the right data suggesting that it actually can impact the brain already at that level and and make. Uh, uh, that you're more susceptible to at the later stage, that's also documented scientifically to to be more likely to be alcohol dependent. And if we get back to the, the movie, you know, the movie starts with these beautiful young people. They have this famous lake run in Copenhagen yeah. where you need to drink and drink and drink and it's one big party. <laughs> and that's also the way that the movie ends. So it's it's a celebration for, for alcohol for life. Uh, but but if we just should pick on, on the dark side because it it, 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 it is also showing you know Thomas Bolas and Tommy he's the character Tommy and, and he, he actually also in his personal life is well known that he's he's been alcoholic himself for for many many years already since he was uh, yeah a youngster 13 14 years old he started with alcohol he has also done cocaine all kinds of things so for him he tasted the dark side of it and now he's completely sober and actually he, he also in some interview admit that it was pretty tough doing the this the movie talk because uh, it was actually resembling you know, all of the, all the dark sides so actually his character if, 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 if for those who have not really seen it he, he's part of this game of, of having this promille, and then they accelerate more in the weekend, more when the wives are away, and yeah. he ended up dying. You know, he loses complete control, kicked out of school, kicked out of the, the social uh, network there with these guys enjoying the show. So he's, he's, he's uh, yeah, really showing the dark side there. What, yes. what, what causes this, uh, this, this craving, this addictive personality? Uh, yeah, we, we, we don't exactly know it. Um, so, so we know there's been many studies in genetics because people say, ah, this runs in the family, and it probably do. But it seems that lots of the variation we cannot really uh, explain by genetics. Then, as, as I alluded to before, there's also something about those who start very early. Yes. There is something when the immature brain is getting used to this, they are also having a higher risk of being alcohol dependent. And then the third thing, which is also... Uh, so now we should embrace actually our hangovers because it turns out that those who, who, who those people who do get hangovers, they tend not to be uh, alcohol dependent. So basically, they have the fun, but they also have the the, the, the pay the price afterwards. But those who does not get it, uh, they only get the, the upside, but not the downside. And that, that is wow. actually a dangerous thing. That, that sounds like a dangerous thing, which brings me to my next question. <laughs> Whenever I was 18, 22... No hangovers, but now I'm 30, soon to be 30, uh, 30, 35 on Saturday, actually. 
I get I get a killer hangover if I get three three pints of beers. What's what's going on? And is there anything I can do to stop this? <laughs> so obviously you were drinking more by that time. Your car, your drug, your body was more accustomed to it. Actually, it's 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 around uh, how alcohol is metabolized. So alcohol is is is, is uptake of alcohol is super fast already in the mouth, actually in the stomach, and further down it's it's we have also studied that. But then it's metabolized in 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 mainly basically in 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 the liver to a substance called acetaldehyde. So which is basically a toxin for the body. That's what's calling both the headache. It's causing, you know, the stomach ache. It's causing flushing. All these things, and that can only be metabolized relatively slow unless you have an induced uh, enzyme system, and then you can metabolize it faster and you can tolerate a lot more. So no, some people can get some flushing, they can get very severe uh, pain in the stomach, it can also impact the brain, and then it actually changes the, the way that the, the kidneys handle uh, water, that's alcohol itself, because it actually blocks a, a hormone in the, in the brain uh, called antidiuretic hormone, that's why you pee so much. Ah. Guess everybody, you you think it's all the pints, but it's more than this actually, and that's that's what leads to the dehydration. That's also that. <laughs> okay. So you have in 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 the in in the brain you have this hormone that is excreted there that goes to the kidney and holds back water. That's super important for our survival, basically. But but alcohol has an effect where it actually reduces the release of this hormone, which means that it's it the the, the kidney is less effective in holding back water. So. You also say, we always say, hey, when you start peeing, then it's never going to stop. You just pee and pee and pee, and you drink more, and, and then you're completely drying out, and that's what you feel when you wake up completely uh, uh, hammered. So it metabolizes from alcohol, from, from an enzyme called alcohol dehydrogenases to acetaldehyde, and that's the one that, that, that breaks you down, that makes you, uh, gives you the hangover. And then it, it breaks fur, further down to, to, to fatty acids. That's also why we see when people uh, uh, drink hard, then the liver become completely congested uh, with fat. So it, it, it ends up there. So that's, that's, that's basically the first step. I don't know. I can tell you the full story of how you end up <laughs> with a, a cirrhotic liver and die from liver failure. <laughs> but, but that's a long we'll, story. We'll, 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 not, we'll not get into that just now. <laughs> no. So, so, so but, but, but perhaps for somebody uh, like like me, Alexander, because uh, you, you you study how, how the liver does uh, end up in a in a bad condition, uh, and you get liver cirrhosis and the unfortunate and and end up dying from it. Just just what quantities of alcohol are we talking about here? Uh, on what time scales do you have to really put your body through so much uh, alcohol poisoning that it becomes a serious, serious problem? That's a very, very good question. That's actually something that has been discussed. You know, Now you're talking to a scientist. We cannot come with simple answers. Sorry for that. But the problem is actually we don't really know. But if I can tell you a secret if, if you don't share it with anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> the issue is actually that if you take 50 people who drink a lot, it will only be very few of them who develop liver diseases. Mm -hmm. Most of us tolerate alcohol very well, well. The only reason why alcohol is a big problem is because everybody drinks. <laughs> Otherwise, we, we, we actually tolerate it, it, it very well. And we don't exactly know. And it turns out actually that some people also have to live in departments. Some, sometimes we have people... I have a guy, he's 37, and he only just has been drinking all the way, and he only got his liver diseases now. I think that's 
that's pretty good. But then we also have people in the early 30s, your age, yeah. who are dying, uh, who cannot transplant because they cannot uh, drink, so, or they cannot stop drinking, and therefore we cannot transplant. So it's, it, there's a huge variation, and we don't exactly know what is actually driving this. And then back to the, to, to, to the relation between how much can you actually tolerate and, 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 and where, where does it become a health problem? So the health authorities, that's also what we allude to is actually, they say seven for women, 14 for men a week. Mm-hmm. Probably, I think if we go for liver diseases, you could say 14 for women, 21 for men. That's the higher limit. Mm-hmm. So there we know it's, it's, it's harmful. There you will have a linear uh, or sharp increase in, in, in mortality and liver diseases and many, many other diseases. Okay, so stick, stick to the recommended guidelines is uh, the best advice we've got. Yeah, oh, the best. We can also say that it's 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 safe not to drink. <laughs> well, there would be no science in beers. With, no, with that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, another, I think another rule of thumb is basically you shouldn't drink every day. And again, if you want to be good to your liver and to your body, we like to get drunk, pissed, whatever, but uh, never drink more than five at, at the same time. And if you don't drink every day, five should be pretty good. The issue is that some people can drink 10, 15, 20. We have some people who are very accustomed to and that That is really stoking your body in, in alcohol. That's a bad thing. So some of these very, very simple advices can actually uh, prevent you because if you don't, you have some breaks, then your liver, your body will basically recover from these things. Another very interesting note to feel the, the movie Druck. Yes. Uh, uh, again, to, to you know, they have some of these people they look up to. One of the, the reasons you know, remember the, 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 peop, the, the, the teacher who teaches history, then he gives them uh, four people they should guess who. And then he tells them about, about the guy who drinks two bottles of whiskey and drinks champagne and drinks eight uh, uh, cigars. That's Churchill. And then he takes about uh, Hemingway, who also basically drank like a fish, and he won the Nobel Prize and written one of the best books ever written. And then he talks about Franklin D. Roosevelt, the only American president who elected four times, you know. Mm-hmm. So these are the smoking proof that a little bit of probably a lot of alcohol is <laughs> very good. <laughs> yeah. that, so that, we have that's a few examples the, on that end of the spectrum but there's another end of the spectrum <laughs> exactly 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 <laughs> and that's that, that's the kind of characters we, we we love to celebrate those who can actually handle it <laughs> yeah. uh, so that will be that's also uses there as the uh, saints the proof that it may may not work <laughs> Well, the the bars in Denmark are slowly opening here, uh, and I tell you what, the first night that they did open, it was not a pretty sight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. we're all desperate, uh, desperate. I also look so much forward to go out to for for, for um, yeah for a bar and have a big big nice draft beer. I'm going to do that tomorrow first time in a while so i'm looking forward to it yeah. very good thanks so much for for coming in at such short, short notice yeah no problem thanks very much Bye-bye. cheers Bye. cheers so you're listening to dr alexander Craig. he's a, a medical doctor he's also a, a researcher it's so great that he, he answered my 
my last minute curious question about uh, about the Druck experiment. I want to give you a final anecdote that was also from the movie. You had people such as Ernest Hemingway, Franklin Roosevelt, great drinkers of our age, very successful people. But you also had a man who didn't drink, very rarely drunk, maybe occasionally had the odd beer. And his name was Adolf Hitler. I'll let you think about that. I'm your host, Michael McGee. Thanks for listening to the Science and Beers podcast. Please help us out. Please tell somebody about the podcast. Please share it with a friend. Give us a review. Get on social media. Send us your questions. Send up any follow-up questions. If you have any burning science questions, send it to us on a social media post or on our email, scienceandbeers at gmail.com. Cheers to science.